Before we get to the message, let me know right now, where are you watching from? Where are you joining from? Our EFAM around the world, welcome. I'm excited to bring God's Word to you today. Also, April 18th through 27th, ElevationNights.com, our Elevation Nights Spring Tour. It's me, Holly, Elevation Worship, a word from God, the Spirit of God, your favorite songs. All right, here's where we're coming. Austin, Texas, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Kansas City, Missouri. I'm tired. Denver, Colorado. Oh, that altitude got me. St. Louis, Missouri, Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Toronto, Ontario. We will see you. ElevationNights.com. Get your tickets right now. Let me know where you're joining us from. I want to see it in the comments. Let's go to the Word of God. I love the flow that our pastor's in right now. There's so much more um, to the story. And uh, obviously you can tell I am not Pastor Stephen. Just in case you didn't know, I'm not him. Um, but what you gotta understand about our pastor is, um, you know that there are only two people in this world that were ever given the vision of this church. The weight of this church, the weight of this vision. And, um, I will, I'd be remiss to think that I would ever understand what that means at all. Um, and so the opportunity to be able to get on this stage and uh, talk for the next two and a half hours. It's not that? Oh, I thought that was a deal. Okay, 39 minutes, 39 minutes. Um, man, I don't take it lightly. And uh, we, we have some incredible pastors. Um, I don't just say that. Uh, because I work for him. I want you to know that that man is a hero of my life and a hero of the faith. And uh, he's the real deal. He really is the real deal. And the little that I do get to know about him, he, 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 he is the real deal. And um, it's incredible. We, we need people like that. We need people like that, like heroes of the faith that we can actually look to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, top shelf leaders. Right? Top shelf leaders, the ones that who last, who go the whole way, right? Who don't just like call it quits 20 years in, but who keeps going. And, uh, and so I'm so grateful for this house and the pastors of, of, of this house. And um, I really believe that this series is one of the series that we'll, we'll really never forget. Um, but I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, three weeks in, you know, he's in the book of Joshua. And I told Chunks about a month ago, I said, yeah, I think I'm gonna be in Joshua with them. And uh, after about those three weeks he preached, I said, okay, he's getting every nook and cranny of Joshua. I'm gonna stay away from it. <laughs> but I'm gonna stay in the same vein of there's so much more uh, to this story. So here's what I want you to do. Um, how many of you brought your Bibles? You believe in the Word of God? Anybody believe in the Word of God? You brought your Bibles with you? Okay. No? You, you must be familiar with this place because we put it on the screens for you. No worries. Go to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. I'm going to give you a second. You found it? If you need time, say hold up. Okay, hurry up. Okay. This is what it says, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8. It says, one day, everyone say one day. one day. Elisha passed through Shunem. 
a leading lady of the town, talked him into stopping for a meal. And then it became his custom. Whenever he passed through, he stopped by for a meal. I'm certain, said the woman, said the woman to her husband, that this man who stops by with us all the time is a holy man of God. Why don't we add a small room upstairs, furnish it with the bed and the desk, a chair and a lamp, so that when he comes by, he can stay with us. This is the first Airbnb of the Bible, okay? <laughs> and so it happened that the next time Elisha came by, he went to the room, laid down for a nap, then he said to his servant Gehazi, tell that Shunammite woman, I wanna see her. He called her and she came to him. Through Gehazi, Elisha said, you've gone far beyond the call of duty and taking care of us. What can we do for you? You have a request we can bring to the king or to the command of the army. And she replied, no, I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm secure, satisfied in my family. And Elisha conferred with Gehazi. Man, there's gotta be something we can do for her, but what? And Gehazi said, well, look, she ain't got no children and her husband's an old man. Don't look to your left, don't look to your right. You're okay. He might be old, it's all right. Call her in, said Elisha. He called her and she stood at the open door and Elisha said to her, this time next year, you're gonna be nursing an infant son. Ooh, my master, holy man, she said. Don't play games with me, teasing me with such fantasies. And the woman conceived a year later, just as Elisha had said, she had a son. The child grew up and one day he went to his father just like a teenager, working with the harvest hands, complaining. My head, my head. You see how there were no laughs? It's because y'all ain't, y'all ain't parents, teenagers yet. My head, my head. His father ordered a servant, did just what a wise man would do. He said, take him to his mother. <laughs> servant took him in his arms and carried him to his mother. He laid on her lap until noon and died. And she took him up, laid him on the bed, the man of God, shut him in alone and left. She then called her husband, said, get me a servant and a donkey so I can go to the holy man. I'll be back as soon as I can. He's like, yo, why today? This ain't a holy day. This ain't, this ain't new moon, this ain't Sabbath. And she said, don't ask questions, man. I need to go right now, trust me. She went ahead saddled the donkey, ordering her servant, take the lead and go as fast as you can. I'll tell you if you're going too fast. And so off she went and she came to the holy man at Mount Carmel and the holy man spotting her while she was still a long way off, said to his servant Gehazi, look out there, why is the Shunammite woman quickly now ask her, is something wrong? Is she all right? Is her husband okay? Is her child all right? And she said, everything's fine. But when she reached the holy man at the mount, she threw herself at the feet and held tightly to him. And Gehazi came up to pull her away, but the holy man said, leave her alone. Can't you see she's upset? God hasn't let me in on why I'm completely in the dark. And then she spoke up. Did I ask for a son, master? Didn't I tell you, don't tease me with false hope. Let's go down to verse 32. Elisha entered the house and found the boy stretched out on the bed dead. He went into the room and locked the door, just the two of them in the room and prayed to God. He then got into the bed with the boy and covered him with his body, mouth on mouth, eyes on eyes, 
hands on hands. Everyone say mouth on mouth. Eyes on eyes. Hands on hands. You're going to need that for later. As he was stretched out over him like that, the boy's body became warm and Elisha got up and paced back and forth in the room. Then he went back and stretched himself upon the boy again. The boy started sneezing. He called Gehazi and said, get the Shunammite woman in here. He called her and she came in and Elisha said, embrace your son. She fell at Elisha's feet, face to the ground in reverent awe. She embraced her son and went out with him. I know that's a long passage, but you needed that whole story because I wanted to get to verse 26. Quickly now, ask her, is something wrong? Are you all right? Is your husband okay? Is your child okay? And she said, everything's fine. I want to title my message today, Stretch the Truth. Now, some of y'all are like, oh, my mama told me different, boy. I know your mama be saying, do not, do not, do not stretch the truth. Look at your neighbor and say, you know what? Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you know what? Maybe mama was wrong. Some of y'all got nervous when you said that. Maybe mama was wrong. Look at your other neighbor and say, stretch the truth. Stretch the truth. You can find your way to your seat. Thank you, team. Stretch the truth. <laughs> you know, I think that the world has given this phrase a negative connotation, stretch the truth. Uh, how many of you got teenagers? Uh, man, you know, I come up on this, I, I, I preached here four times on a Sunday. This is crazy. This is my fourth time. And uh, each time I've realized I've always talked about Genesis. And so I say, you know what? I ain't doing it this time. Um, I'm going to talk about my old, older son, Brody. Uh, I got a 16-year-old. And um, and this this man wild because uh, six weeks ago, I'm not going to lie to you. This is, this is, I'm not stretching the truth at all here, okay? Um, this is serious. Uh, six weeks ago, my son, my son, he's he's really good at, at at basketball. He really is. He's got the height. He's got a frame that's way different than mine. Like he can take a hit. I can't. Um, and he eats a lot. Okay. And he's really good at, at at basketball. And so we got him into AAU. And you know, we're like those. We're like like church is the first priority. But you can still play sports. You know. But we're not like a two sport family. That's too much. Okay. You know. You do you, but we gonna do us. Okay. And so two sports, like yeah. You know, you gotta pick. And so he's always been like like good at basketball. And so we're like yeah, yeah let's do that. So we got him into AAU. Well, this year uh, at the end of February, tryouts are coming up for AAU. You know, he made it last year, so we're excited. We're pumped. You know. And um, um, uh, about four weeks before uh, tryouts, uh, my son comes to me and says, hey, Dad, I want to get in shape. I'm like, <laughs> you already are, but okay. Um, so yeah, I want to I want to get in shape. I want to stay in shape. Uh, I want to just, you know, um, do some of the uh, workouts uh, with a football team. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, just like a father, don't ask any more questions, right? You know? And so um, I was like, yeah, you want, yeah, that's, that's cool. He's like, yeah, you know, everyone's invited to come and work out uh, with the football team. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Feel free to do it. So he does it. And it happens every day after um, school. Well, two weeks go by and uh, I'm heading to Ohio. And I'm like, son, you're coming with me to Ohio. Uh, you're going to miss school um, on Thursday. He's like, what? And I was like, 
Now that's weird. 16 year old. Yeah, I'm saying, hey, I'm taking you out of school. You know, we're going we're gonna to play a little hooky. You know, like, let's go. We're going to Ohio. I thought he would be excited. You know, not like there's anything in Ohio, but who cares? You know, it is what it is. It's still a trip, okay? I know it's not Barbados, but still, it's Ohio, okay? And um, he's like, well, with that, I, 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 I can't miss. I can't. I can't miss. I said, why you can't miss? Was he, he's like, I got, I got, I got practice. I said, hold up. Practice? What you mean? Practice? He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, like the thing I'm telling you about, like with football, you know, like I got practice. I said, no, 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 no. What you told me was you were going to work out with the football team. Now you saying it's practice. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if I miss, I can't be on the team. I said, team? What team? What you mean? Are you on the football team? He's like, I think so. I think I am, dad. I think I am. I said, they don't have tryouts? He's like, no, I said, just like this generation. I ain't even got to try out. You know, that's a whole nother thing. But <laughs> I said, wait, you really are on the team? He said, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm on the team. And now he starts like getting confident. He's like, he's going to want to man up. He's like, I'm a grown man. I'm 16. Here we go. He's like, yeah, I'm on the team. I said, so you're not doing basketball? He's like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not doing basketball. I said, when were you going to let me in on that decision? He's like, well, I thought I did when I said I was going to play football. I said, you didn't say you were going to play football. I said, isn't that a little bit of a stretch, my guy? So apparently now we're a football family. I don't really care for it, but, you know, it's what it is. I'm excited. No, literally, my heart sunk. I'm like, man, I remember when I played football. The first time I got hit, I said, never again. I said, I had seven people blocking for me, and I got hit. Heck no. I said, all right, man, good luck. Have fun. I love you. Believe in you. Proud of you. But I said, man, that's a little bit of a stretch. Everyone say stretch. stretch. It's a little bit of a stretch, and uh, I, I want you to go with me here because I... I, I <laughs> If I'm honest with you, I like to think that there is a lot of power in stretching the truth over your entire life and not just parts of your life. In fact, the, the way that I would like to say it is that if you are not stretching the truth over your entire life, you might be living a lie. You might be living a lie. So I want to talk about stretching real quick. How many of you have ever felt like you have been in a season of stretching? Anyone ever been there? Maybe you're in there right now, right? Now, here's what you got to understand. That I'm not talking about just like negative stretching, okay? Like, oh my gosh, it's like, it's crazy. The bills are just piling up. There is that kind of stretching, right? But there's also that positive stretching. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of y'all are being stretched into success. Some of you, some of you this year alone, you're being stretched into your destiny. For some of you, you're like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. God's been telling me, God's been telling me to quit my job and start this, start this business. And you're being stretched 
right? Into your, into your full purpose, right? And so when I talk about stretching, don't just negate that to being just a negative thing, right? But how many of you know that, 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 that stretching can be a blessing? Stretching can also be a burden, right? This is, this, this is a real thing. The, the, the phrase that I love to say all the time is that oftentimes the most anointed people are the most attacked people, Right? This is, this is, if you've lived any kind of life, you understand that this is very, very true. Because you know something's working when you got some tension. Right? How many of you ever worked out before? I'm gonna put my hands down. You ever done this? I own it. I'm okay. I know. I know I need to work out. Pastor keeps telling us all this stuff you need. You gotta be disciplined. I'm like, mm hmm. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it one of these days. Right? But when you work out, when you work out, what, what's coming your way? Tension, right? Like we all want to be ripped. Like y'all thinking about it right now, it's March. You're like, spring break's coming up and summer's happening. Am I going to go to the pool with my shirt on or with my shirt off, right? I'm like, okay, as a man, obviously. Um, so, Right? Um, this is, this is uh, like we all want to be ripped, but do we want the resistance? Right? Like, I've always thought, like, man, people, let me be honest with you. Like, you can't spell diet without die. That's why I don't do it. I don't want to live. I'm like, you want to diet? No, I don't want to die. Oh, ew. So gross. <laughs> Why do I want to eat that? It's chalky. No, absolutely not. Right? Okay. This, this, y'all ever felt this before? I just need a little counseling session, you know? I'm just, this is helpful for me. Right? Like, like we want to be ripped, but we don't want the resistance. And we, we, we know, like, ah, tension, like tensions, like, oh, do I want that? Do I not want that? Like, you got to understand you, you're going to need that. Like, people be asking for miracles all the time, but they don't want problems. Like, if you ask for a miracle, then you're going to have some issues, right? right? Like, like the bigger the problem, the bigger the opportunity for a miracle. Am I right? Pastor talked about this idea where, where you have a problem, heaven has a plan. Let me tell you something. Everybody wants the plan, but nobody wants the problems, right? This is very, very interesting because we got to stop asking for miracles if we don't want some issues, okay? And when you talk about miracles, like you got to understand the greatest miracle like ever is resurrection. Did you notice this in the passage? Right? Like you can't have resurrection without a. Ah. So do you want resurrection? Ah. Right? There's this, there's this stretching that begins to happen. Now let's talk about the truth. Okay? Resurrection is in the forefront of this text, right? Elisha's the prophet, right? God uses him powerfully to bring this boy back from the dead. This is pretty amazing, okay? In fact, this is the first resurrection, okay? There's a lot, but you gotta understand, there's lots of miracles in the Bible, right? Like if you, hopefully you've read the Bible a little bit, and you, you, you quickly realize that there are a lot of miracles, right? Blind people can see, deaf people can hear, lame people can walk, but resurrection? 
Ooh, that's at the top of the list, right? None of these are like resurrection, right? This is a whole other level. Why? Because it's final. Like death has a finality. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you can't undo death. You know, like, 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 let me say it like this. Like you, like, have you ever tried to unbake a burnt brownie? You ever try? Me neither. You ever like tried to unstub your toe? Like once you stub that thing, you're just holding your toe like, oh my gosh, right? You ever tried to like unrun a red light? Yeah, the officer, let me just, uh, let me just take a loop back around one more time, please. This is what death is. It's final. Everyone say final. You've got the resurrection power in Elisha, and this is Elijah's ride or die, with you heart and soul, BFF forever. And what you got to understand is Elisha was a farmer. He gets the call to, 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 to roll with Elijah, leaves his equipment, burns it, right? And, and what you got to understand about Elisha is that Elisha is not easily offended, That's the word for someone in this room. Elisha is not easily offended, right? Elisha has a fortitude, okay? Uh, Elisha is the guy that you could not get rid of, all right? Uh, Elisha was the one that stuck it out through absolutely everything. He had a work ethic that just topped everyone's, okay? And he was with Elijah all the way up until Elijah was taken up to heaven. And then he prayed this prayer that we all are very familiar with, where he's saying, give me a double portion. Woo, give me a double portion of what Elijah had. And Elisha got it, right? Now, Elisha, Elijah was the first one to do a resurrection. Well, then you got Elisha who resurrects this little boy that we just read in this passage, okay? Pretty impressive. But remember, he gets a double portion, okay? So, so many years go by and Elisha dies, is put into a tomb, okay? And there's a man that's thrown into that tomb and when that man hit the grave, he came back to life. <laughs> you know you're bad to the bone when your bones have resurrection power. Right? That's a double portion resurrection, right? Double portion resurrection, okay? Now that's some context because you're going to really need to understand that when we start talking about this Shunammite woman's little boy. The Shunammite woman says, everything is fine. Her baby had just died, gone, no breath, no life. And she's saying, hey, everything's fine. This is interesting for me. And I, I, I want to I speak on this for the majority of the time because if, I, if I'm honest with you, the generosity of her hospitality is what actually started this miracle. So we're gonna, we talked about resurrection, but I need you to know what came before the resurrection. Okay? I need you to know what came before the resurrection. The first thing that happened was with their mouth. Verse 8, a leading lady of the town talked him into stopping for a meal. 
She sent a text to Elisha like, yo, I'd love for you to come over. Come on, I'd love for you to eat. Let's go. Let's rock this. Oftentimes, we won't even ask anyone of anything because it's easier to say no for them. And we got to be careful about this. Like, we're like, nah, they got too much going on. Right? Ah, they don't care that much about me. Ah, they would never go to that church. Like, ah, you know what? I'm good. I'm fine. They're fine. We're all fine. Like, right? Like, we got to stop fabricating responses in our mind before we start asking with our mouths. This is something that I watch people do all the time. Well, yeah, I'm not going to even, I'm not even going to try. I'm not even going to, but you want to know how she got her miracle? It started with her mouth. It started with her mouth. And so you got Elisha coming to dinner and you know, she was a good cook because it said he kept coming back. She ain't, he ain't coming back for tater tot casserole. It's a real deal. So I don't know if this is the fifth time, the sixth time. I don't don't know. But, but you watch her now stretch from her mouth to her eyes. She realizes this wasn't just a meal that I'm having with Elisha. This is a moment. She starts to see it a little bit differently than the way she saw it. She starts to see it the way that God has seen it, right? She's like, yeah, yeah, this ain't about us eating. I don't think. I think this is about I think this is about some kind of purpose, some kind of destiny. Let me tell you something. Some of you are too worried about getting fed here at church. When your whole purpose is to be led by the Holy Spirit. What am I saying? Don't be just looking at this like a meal. You got to look at this in a different way. You got to look at this the way that God sees this. In this moment right now, Your whole life can change. Church is not just what culture just says it is. Come into a building, it's just church. Cool. Make you feel good. Check the box. No. It could change your future right now. It could change your kids right now. It could change your attitude right now. It could change his attitude right now. It could change her attitude. It could change you. This is a real thing. I mean, we don't just say church. I mean, this is. This is a lifeblood. This is the whole reason why Jesus gave his life was for the church. So I can't have you missing moments because you think this is just a meal. But you got to be connected to God to see that. You know that God can be doing something new in your life and you not see it? Isaiah 43, 19, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? The question this year isn't about whether or not God is going to do it in your life. It's about whether or not you are going to see it. She had stretched from her mouth, asking now to her eyes. And now because she saw more, she could do more. So so now she's stretching from her mouth to her eyes and now to her hands. Because she saw more, because she saw that meal differently, she could now do more. She she begins to build this other level on this house, right? I was telling you, it's the first Airbnb of the Bible, right? Like she went to Home Depot. You know what I'm saying? Like some of y'all just sitting waiting on a blessing. 
I know we wrote the song, Wait On You. I'm gonna wait on you. I got a new song. I'm gonna move for you. You can't, you can't just sit waiting for an open door. You can't just sit waiting for more answers. You can't just sit waiting for a miracle. You got to show me your faith in action. You got to show me your faith in motion. Scripture says that faith without works is dead. Oh, she didn't call on Jehovah Jireh in that moment, Chunks. She called on Joanna and Chip Gaines. Know what I'm saying? Some of y'all walking in here and y'all want shandaraba kundaraba do, but some of y'all need to go to Home Depot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's both and. I'm not, one, not saying one's greater than the other. I'm just saying it's both and, and you will never get the blessing of both if you don't stretch out. So she builds another level. In fact, you, you could say it. She builds a new story. What story are you focusing on? What story are you focusing on? She had an opportunity to just focus on the wrong story, right? No baby, no nursery, no new life, but she stretches into a new story. You know, what's interesting is Elisha had never asked for this room, but she did it anyways. I think that's very interesting because does God always have to ask you to do something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, Pastor Cain. Does God always have to be like always have to give you a sign? Man, yeah, if you're wearing pink shoes and a blue shirt, that's your moment. Just wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. If your kid comes to you and talks to you about signing up for youth X, then you can start talking to them about signing up for youth X. All right, you know what's interesting about this? You know, shameless plug, because I'm, I'm the youth pastor and we talk about youth X every single time. I know, summer camp, all stuff. Okay, she made space for Elisha. We have to do the same thing with our teenagers. We have to make space for them to encounter Jesus. So when we talk about like signing up and registering for youth X and like, like do, that's very, very important. That's very, very important. Like you, we are create, you're creating four days where their life could be radically changed, radically changed because you made space. So go to youthx23.com and register. So Elisha comes because she made space for him. And, she, and he goes, what can I do for you? And she says, I'm good. I don't need anything. I'm secure. I'm with my family. In fact, she says, I'm good, probably for the same reasons we say we're good. You know when people ask, how you doing? Like, yeah, I'm good. It's all good, right? Maybe she'd she been believing for so long that she knew that it was going to actually hurt to believe again. She's like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Every, everything is fine. Don't, don't, don't dig. Have you ever gotten to a place where you're just content? Like, like, but not the good content where you're just like, yeah, it is what it is. So I'm fine. I'm comfortable. I've, I've taken a deep breath. I've gotten over it. 
and everything is good. But I love Elisha because Elisha didn't quit. He says, Gehazi, come here. He's like, yo, we got to talk about this. He's like, yeah, man, I saw her Instagram. I saw her Facebook. Here's the deal. I'm going to be honest with you. She ain't got no kids. Her husband real old. By the way, it says real old. It doesn't just say husband old. Husband real old. Like she posting, but she ain't living what she posting. She's saying everything is fine, but I don't think everything is fine. And Elisha is like, you know what? Come here. Talks to the Shunammite woman and says, this time next year, you will be holding a baby boy. Look, look, look at that scripture. This time next year, you will be holding a baby boy. Notice he didn't say this time you will be pregnant. He didn't say this time next year you will be pregnant. Why? Because pregnancy does not guarantee a child. He says, I know your faith has been so fractured. I'm not just going to say a thing about pregnancy so that you'll be stressed the entire time wondering about whether or not if this is actually going to come to pass. I'm going to speak to you about your future, and I want you to know exactly what is on its way. I asked how you were, mouth, right? I saw you had no baby, eyes, and I'm going to prophesy to you that you will hold a baby boy in your hands. You are painting that room blue, girl. It's happening. And you know what I love about this is Elisha spoke to her imagination. Elisha spoke to her imagination. Some of you have lost your imagination. Some of you have lost your ability to dream again. Some of you have lost that comprehension to dream and imagine and to have that belief in what God wants to do in your life. You got to get your imagination back. The same energy that it takes to worry is the same energy it would take to imagine what would be. The reason that she didn't ask for a miracle was because she, she had lost her imagination. She didn't ask for this miracle, right? Here, here's what you have to understand. Asking and imagining are both connected. Okay, you don't believe me. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do a measure more than all we ask or imagine. We celebrate immeasurably more all the time and forget that asking and imagining are completely connected. I can tell what you are imagining for based off of what you're asking. And you could tell she had lost her imagination because she wasn't asking for a miracle. And now... She's holding her baby, and then it says one day he grew up. He began to complain, my head, my head, and this headache turned into her holding a dead baby boy. It went small to serious in seconds. Have you ever been there before? Small to serious in seconds. You're living life, and all of a sudden you get that text. Small to serious in seconds. No life in his body. But did you know that it is possible to have disappointment and hope at the same time? Pastor spoke last week that God's up to something upstream. 
and he talked about downstream disappointments. She was experiencing a downstream disappointment, but God was up to something upstream. She didn't know resurrection was on the way, but God did. And she carries her dead boy to the room, shuts the door, and tells her husband everything's fine. Disappointment and hope right there, living in the same space. Carried the dead boy into the room, shut the door, tells her husband everything's fine. Gets to the assistant Gehazi and says, everything is well with my soul. And then runs to Elisha, and the resurrection begins to happen. It says that Elisha gets on top of this dead boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. Chunks, I don't think they're getting it. Let's illustrate it real quick. No? <laughs> it's okay, I'm not gonna make you. <laughs> Got real nervous. <laughs> Mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. You want to know why I believe this resurrection happens? Is because she goes back to the one who made all of this happen. She said, Move to the side, husband. Move to the side, assistant. I need to go back to the one. For some of you in this room, everything that I had just said. Prior to this, you didn't need, but you needed this moment right here. For some of you, you need to come back to the one. You need to come back to the one who anointed you. You need to come back to the one who strengthened you in that season. You need to come back to the one who pulled you out of that deep, dark hole that you never thought you could get out of, but then by the grace of God, he got you out. You need to go back to the one that loves you, that promised you, that anointed you, that appointed you for every season. You need to go back to the one. And, I, and for a lot of us, I believe that this is going to be a year of resurrection. It matters what story you tell. She could have been telling the story about no baby, no nursery, no life. Let me tell you something. It matters what story you tell. God did not fail you. God has not forgot about you. He loves you. He is not mad at you. He has not misplaced you. In fact, God has uniquely set you apart for everything that is coming your way. He already knows what's happening upstream, and when it comes downstream, he's got you covered. But let me tell you something. If all you focus on is death, death will be on its way. And death will be here to stay. She had a dead baby boy. She didn't focus on that. Nah, 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 nah. Move away, husband. Get my donkey. Move away, assistant. I need Elisha. He spoke this into existence. He can make something happen now.
This year, I want us to choose to stretch the truth over our entire life, over our mouths, over our eyes, over our hands. I'm not saying to be naive. I'm saying to stop being negative. I'm not saying to be fake. I'm saying to stop forcing death into every situation of your life. Listen to me. We can't keep teaching the next generation that resurrection exists if we don't know how to get there. We can't keep doing it. We come into churches and we're like, yeah, by faith, I believe. I believe in the resurrection power. This is the greatest miracle that could ever happen. But we go home and we're worried about the littlest things that have no eternal value whatsoever. Why? We ain't stretching the truth over our entire life. We stretch it over church and that's it. One and a half hours and we're done. It's got to be over our entire life. This is what God wants. This is what the Holy Spirit yearns for every single one of us. And some of us have been standing for too long. Some of us have been standing for too long in our own rights, in our own strength, and in our own minds. I'm here to tell you leaders, burnout does not exist. Burnout means you ran out. And that's exactly where God wants you, where you have run out and you have got to need Jesus. So what am I saying? Mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. <laughs> this is what he did. The dead boy he gets on mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands, mouth to mouth. What life are you speaking? Or what death are you speaking over your life? Eyes to eyes. What example do people have to see the working miracles of Jesus other than yourself? Hands to hands, what are you doing? Just like the Shunammite woman, this miracle started with her mouth. It stretched to her eyes. It stretched to her hands. Resurrection is not just a fairy tale. You know what I think is interesting? If I asked every single one of you to stand up and do that, you wouldn't. Ah, this ain't the place. Ah, that's embarrassing. Ah, why would I do that? Why would you not? Because you'd rather stand and just fake it until you made it. You'd rather just stretch the truth over this hour and a half, rather than be honest with yourself and understand, this is what I need. There are many people who are living their lives 
with dead parts. So let me ask you, are you really alive? Or are you just the walking dead? That's not the life that God had intended for you. He wants you to live a full life, a blessed life, a strong life, a full breath life. I'll end with this, 2 Kings 13, 22. It's, you don't have to bring it up, guys, but I told you a little earlier about the story of uh, Elisha and how he had the double portion resurrection. How he raises this boy, this Shunammite woman's boy, then he lives a long life. Then he dies. Elisha's sent into a tomb. And these men pick up this man, and they throw him on Elisha's tomb, on Elisha's grave. And like I told you earlier, that man raised from the dead just because of the power that was in Elisha's bones. You know whose body that was? It is said to believe that that is the Shunammite woman's son. So the double portion that Elisha had prayed was not just for himself, but it was also for that Shunammite woman's boy. What am I saying? When you come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ, your life is no longer about you. It's one life on another, just like Elisha and that little boy. And just like Jesus, one life for another. And just like your life, one life so that someone else can experience the true life of Jesus Christ. One life for another. One life for another. One life for another. One life for another. One life. We're, we're here to give it all for someone else to know the living, breathing miracle of Jesus Christ so that people can know that the Word of God, it is alive, it is well, and it is truth. Pastor said, it's not death, it's just a shadow. I'm here to encourage you and let you know that thing that you think's been dead, it might have just been a shadow. And so today, with every hand open like this, God, I pray for people right now that have been living with dead parts, that have been living with dead dreams, that have been living with, with dead, dead moments. God, I pray that you would resurrect that. God, we believe in resurrection, God. We believe that resurrection still exists. It is not a fairy tale. So we believe that you can resurrect the dead parts of our life, God. Stretch the truth of your Holy Spirit over every single part, even the parts that we hide from you, even the parts that we don't want to talk about, even the parts that we try and put into a corner and we're content with it never happening again. Even those parts, God, stretch us, move us. God, I pray that people would go into lunches today and they're talking about 
dreams that they haven't talked about in 10 years. God, I pray there's some people in here right now, there's some people online right now that need to text their dad, that need to make that phone call to their mother, that need to have that conversation with their sister or with their son because they have believed the lie of the enemy that it is dead and it will no longer happen anymore. And I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. You can be alive. You can be alive. God is fighting for us. He is in it with us. And he is working through us. He is not against us. He is in it with us. He is fighting for us. And he is working through us. He is not against us. And God, we believe it. We don't just come in here to check off a box. We say right now, Lord, right now, life, 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 life over dead things, life, life. Some of you need to stretch out over a dead, cold thing right now, life. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also help us reach others by investing today at elevationchurch.org give. And thanks again for joining us on the Elevation Podcast.